0: and welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan, and on this week's episode, I'm joined by Chagas Financial Management Specialist, James McDonnell, with key advice to help farm families through transferring the family farm process and all aspects that need to be considered when writing a succession plan. James, you're very welcome. It's something that's probably put off on most farms, but for farmers listening, what are the key questions that they need to ask?
1: Well, I suppose the first thing, Catherine, is that they need to uh, decide what it is that they want to do with uh, their assets. So, like a lot of people might decide, I'll deal with it in due course, and that might never happen. And then you have a debt where it's intested, and the government decides through the Succession Act who gets what. Um, so, the first case or the first thing really to do or the step is to make a will so that becomes the backstop as to what happens uh with all your your assets um if you were to pass away prior to having a family succession plan in place so i'd say that step one is to start with a will and then step two is because the will is the backstop you need to gather all the family around the the uh, kitchen table, or the fireplace, or wherever, and have a chat about you know what the intentions are. Now, I suppose that can be a difficult thing to do, and I suppose it's easy if you just have one child, you know. But if there's five or six children and they all want to be looked after, and maybe you know the children are young, they're not adults, so uh, then you have to put uh, in place, you know, um, I suppose. Uh, a plan as to who cares for young children should should you pass on to the next world uh, untimely. Um, With it with adult children, I suppose it can it it might be easier because, uh, you know, one child might you might have paid for education for three or four of them, Uh, you might have given sites to some and you know, you want to be fair and equal, and it's very difficult to be fair and equal. The only real way that you can do that is to put a for sale sign up, sell everything and divide cash. Um, but, you know, that's that's only the answer in very few cases. So to try and be um, to be more fair rather than equal, I suppose maybe one child might just want to cite another child might be happy, you know, to get. themselves educated to get into a good job that delivers a good wage, and they could end up wealthier than the person that might get the farm. And I suppose in modern times, so many farms are now part time. You know, it can be very tricky to run a farm part time and hold down a job. So the person getting the farm, it might be more difficult to lead that kind of a life than to actually go and get educated and get a nine to five job. So, organizing. The succession plan takes a bit of time. There are a lot an awful lot of implications. Like it's not just a matter of going into this list or writing writing down your will. Um, or we'll say, you know, transferring it over to whoever is to get the, the two or three sites and the farm. There are tax implications. So I think the first thing to do is to have a family discussion. Then you go to an accountant to figure out, right, what are the tax implications of this plan? And if there are tax implications, well, then the next thing you need to do really is uh, to figure out, can we minimize the tax? And if the plan can be tweaked to minimize the tax and everybody is happy, well, then maybe you go back to the sister again. Now, there are other things, you know, that people need to find out also when doing a succession plan. So if somebody is getting the farm, do they have the right education to minimize stamp duty or or some of the taxes? You know, do they meet the active farmer condition? Sometimes there's a short generation gap and maybe the person gets in the farm uh, wants, wants to start farming straight away, but the parents are young and want to continue farming. So maybe it's some sort of a farm partnership arrangement needs to be looked at. If things aren't working out so rosy and, you know, the chat isn't working so well, well, maybe then you need to hire a mediator to come in and try and mediate the conversation so that you uh, reach a conclusion. And then there are other things like, you know, we're now heading towards a new cap. So what happens to entitlements? Uh, what kind of eco schemes are are there that suit the farm? What grants are available for the young person coming in? Are there supports there to help with the cost of transfer? And for the older generation, maybe they're looking at five or six years down the road, where you know they'll be they'll get pension. Well, do they qualify for the contributory pension, or is it a non-contributory pension? So there's information that needs to be found out around that. And in in some cases, you know. Uh, it might be unfortunate where somebody might need to go into long-term care in a nursing home. So would you qualify for the fair deal scheme? So there are an awful lot of questions. It's not just a very simple uh, transaction, transferring the farm onto one of the children, or maybe dividing it up between the three children that you have. Um, There's an awful lot of angles to it.
0: Most definitely, James, you mentioned there the new cap. Do you think there'll be much changes in the process or do you think there will be an increase in transfer as a result next year?
1: Uh, yeah, the new cap, um, I suppose generation renewal is a new term that's that's uh, well written into the next round of cap. So what have we seen in the last round of cap? We've had a young farmer scheme which uh, paid um Six, I think it was 68 euros per entitlement of a top up for up to five years on 50, on 50 hectares, up to 50 hectares in the last round, that money will almost triple in the next round. So the, the young farmer um, support scheme, it it's, it's, uh, has a different acronym to, to what we're used to. It's CISYF is the new scheme that will start uh, next year. And it will deliver somewhere of the order of 170 euros per hectare up to 50 hectares for up to five years. So if you're a 50 hectare farm, it's about 40,000. So that could be a big incentive for to get young people involved in the farm because if you get a TAMS grant, you know, and young people can get a 60% TAMS grant. So if you combine that with the with support payment, you could do a substantial investment on farm. Um, So I think that would be a big carrot. Uh, So more people will be interested in uh, getting the younger generation involved in the farm, either through partnership with Joint Herd Number or a full transfer. I
0: suppose in relation to the Joint Herd Number there that you mentioned and farm partnerships for listeners, how do they decide which option might be best for them?
1: Well, I think um, every case is different, really, Catherine, and they really need to sit down with their Chagas advisor or their consultant and I would say, have a conversation about direction of the farm over the next ten years it's not It's not over the next five years because if somebody is going to start farming, it's not just about getting the extra scheme money. The clock starts ticking once somebody goes on the herd number um you know there's their stock relief is a is a taxation benefit so um and that to to maximize the stock relief for a young person. the the stock numbers need to go up in the first four years that they're starting farming. So a chat with the Chagas advisor, I may be then going to talk to your local accountant on getting the timing right. It's not just about scheme money, but there are also Irish income tax incentives as well. So if you can maximize both, well, then you've got a good head start and maybe a tailwind behind you. To, to get the farm business growing for, for the future.
0: I suppose, James, in a lot of cases, some farmers won't consider transfers or what options that they're considering until next spring, maybe, until the letters and maps, et cetera, start arriving in the post. What advice have you for those farmers?
1: Well, I'd be thinking, uh, rather than waiting until next spring, start gathering the information now. Um, there's an awful lot of information that needs to be gathered. The, the next cap has has been published uh on the department's website now it's not approved yet by the Irish government, but it has been approved in europe so if there's going to be any tweaks, you know I'd say there will be minor enough so most consultants now are relatively up to speed with the big ticket items in in the next cap, so they have an idea of where your farm entitlements are going to go. They have an idea of what grants will be available. They have an idea of what supports will be there for young farmers, so they can give you the gist of where of the direction of travel. So, um, it should be enough for to have a conversation with your solicitor and accountant and the rest of the family members to try and make a plan for the future. And I think. Moving herd numbers and adding names to herd numbers takes a bit of time and usually the RVOs are quite busy in the spring processing these files. So I think a good time to do the legwork is actually at this time of the year.
0: And you mentioned there the important people as part of the support network that are available, such as the solicitor, accountant and the advisor to start the transfer process.
1: The solicitors are involved in, you know, doing the legal transfers, but Because there are so many tax implications and once something is signed over, well, you can't wind it back. So it's important to get the accountant's advice before you actually do any transfer. And of course, talking to the local chagas advisor, they can give you advice on forestry. That could be part of, 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 um, you know, the succession plan. Um, You know, there's the education aspect to it, have the young people Properly educated so that they they minimize uh, the stamp duty that that's due, there's collaborative farming arrangements, so like we have a whole suite of different specialists um, that can help you know discuss the different angles that are involved in doing any farm transfer. so your local advisor, if they don't have the answers, you know there's people behind them that can that can provide the information um, so yeah, it'll take time. Your accountant might be in one town, your solicitor might be in the next town. So and then you might have to drive 20 or 30 miles to get to your advisor. So to to reduce the legwork um, or to make it easier, it's one chunk at a time. And maybe you could spend the next three or four months doing that.
0: And I suppose it's back to the annual series for transferring the family farm meetings coming up in the coming weeks across the country, which might be of interest to a lot of listeners. Can you tell me more about them?
1: Yeah, I suppose during COVID for the last two years, we went online and we ran a couple of webinars and, and people can look still look back over those webinars if they go onto the, the farm succession page on the Chagas website. So the easiest way to find that is to Google uh, the words Chagas and succession. And in relation to um, uh, our transferring the family farm clinics, uh, I think this could be our seventh, I think it's our seventh or eighth year going out into hotel rooms. So we have six. They're on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, two weeks in a row, the 4th, 5th and 6th of October. And again, then the 11th, 12th and 13th of October. We're starting in Donegal and we're working our way down the country. So uh, Letterkenny, uh, Claire Morris, Mullingar, Nina, Charleville and Gorey. So that's that's the towns in order. Um, when you go to an event, you need to book in online. First of all, we will have accountants, solicitors, a Chagos advisors, a mediation service and citizens information will all be on hand um, at each event. So all of the professions that we have discussed in the last few minutes, Catherine, they will all be in the room. It's a free event so people can come in and get free advice. And listen, they might already have a plan in place or the bones of a plan and they might just want a second opinion. And there's no harm in coming to a clinic to get a second opinion either.
0: That's great, James. Thanks very much. And I'll include the link to the list of venues that you outlined in the podcast text.
1: That's great, Catherine. Thanks very much.
0: That's all for this week's episode. And my thanks to James for joining me on the show. We are currently running a survey to find out how the Beef Edge podcast is of use to you. And if you click on the link in the episode notes to complete the survey, it will help us improve the show. In the meantime, you can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie, or you can listen on Apple and Google podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef program, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.